0: Would you guys welcome up to the stage Trevor and Mel? Yay. Woo. Yay. Morning. morning. <laughs> um, so lovely for you guys to come and speak to us this morning. Um, so, before we get going, um, just a question to kick us off Who are you, and what is your role here at church? <laughs> Am I going first? Uh,
1: my name is Mel G. Um, yay! <laughs> I feel like I need to do like a little zig-a-zig, ah, after that, <laughs> um, yeah, it always makes me smile. Um, <laughs> so I um, have the awesome privilege of working in our pastoral team here at Vineyard with Trevor. Um, and the journey started with me, probably about six, seven years ago now, where I just really—I've been coming to the vineyard, which was amazing serving on a couple of teams in an amazing connect group, absolutely loved it. But I just had this sense of God calling me out of my comfort zone so I was in this very comfy boat uh, and I felt the Lord was saying you need to step out and into deep water but that his hand would always be underneath me mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what that was um, and then I saw this advertisement for the discipleship year that they run here that actually happened to be a picture of me and I was like oh maybe maybe you're telling me something here Lord um, so I managed to get onto that course and it was just an amazing year of serving in the church with the pastors um, and just seeing their hearts to lead people and show people Jesus' love mm. for them, I think, just really touched my heart. And I kind of had that place where I felt, oh, this is, this is what I want to be when I grow up. This is what I want to do. I want to, I want to help people to know Jesus' love for mm. them in a deeper way.
0: Wow. Amazing. Thank you, Mel. Trevor?
2: Yeah, I've got to follow that now.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, I'm Trevor. I've, um, I guess, uh, I've always had a bit of a pastor's heart. I had a very good pastor when I became a Christian many years ago, and uh, he really taught me what being a pastor was um, about looking after people. And my heart has always been about looking after Christians um, because, you know, we. We become a Christian, we think everything's just going to be perfect, and, of course, it doesn't always work out that way. Mm. We have a little bit of a honeymoon period, don't we? And then we, uh, and then then the things of life come along. And I suppose my heart is for people that struggle and fall and, and, and then uh, perhaps need some help getting up. Yeah. And uh, I see my role, I guess, as, um, as a shepherd. Pastor means shepherd, and shepherds look after the sheep. And uh, sheep, if you've ever watched anything about shepherding uh, on tv or whatever or read a book about it they get themselves into trouble all the time (laughs) and um, what really turns my heart or softens my heart is when when you see somebody that's struggling and really caught and I always think if you're going along the shepherd thing it's like a they get caught in the brambles Mm -hmm. or they perhaps get caught in a brook or down a ditch and in fact I don't know if you any of you've watched this program recently but there's a There's a program on Channel 5, I think it is, called the Yorkshire Farm. And I was watching it uh, the other day. It's a beautiful story of a couple who have nine children. And uh, they're shepherd and shepherdess up in Yorkshire Dales, in the middle of nowhere. And um, there was an episode a couple of weeks ago where, because the children work as shepherds as well, where the mother and father went out in a blizzard to find a couple of lost sheep up on the hillside. And... um, there was a scene where a sheep had got caught between a rock and a sort of bank that came down. It was covered in mud, stuck. Just It was a lamb, mm. and it just couldn't get out. And that just turned my heart upside mm. down. You know, that, The tears flowed. It was like, that's why I do this job. Yeah. Wow. I just love to help people out of situations like that. But just to mention, it's not just us. We're not the team. There's a much, much bigger team. We have um, a, a whole load of key pastoral workers that work with us as well. And I'd love to mention all their names, but it will take about 20 minutes. And uh, But they all work really hard in the background as well. Mm. So uh, that's what I that's will
0: Wow, brilliant. Thank you, guys. And, um, you know, we do talk a little bit about on a Sunday morning about pastoral team and if you need prayer for anything. And we're used to seeing you guys over there at the end of the service, you know, my right, my, your left or whatever it is, that famous saying. And, you know, I, like many other people here, have received prayer. But there's, there's more to it than that, isn't there, kind of on a day-to-day basis. And um, will you just kind of give us a little bit of a run through of kind of what? your whole role involves week like day by day and through the week as well not just on a sunday morning
1: yeah i mean um i'm i'm actually only part time here so i work sunday monday and tuesday um but my role really involves kind of um not only overseeing the ministry team but also sort of midweek prayer we'll get prayer requests in so you can write in for prayer all week, It doesn't just have to be on a Sunday. Um, we can do that via phone call, we can do that via email. Um, in some cases, we might arrange a meeting for you with a key pastoral worker if you're struggling and you need sort of specific prayer. Uh, but we've also got other elements as well. So we've got what we call SMTs, and we'll talk a bit more about those later. They're small, intimate groups. So probably about three key pastoral workers that will pray with you on a regular basis. Um, We have a a bloom um, offering, which is really beautiful, actually. So if someone's in hospital or someone's had a bereavement, we'll have somebody deliver flowers and pray with them. Um, During COVID, we've actually done that sort of, obviously, delivery. But, uh, yeah, that's just a beautiful ministry. Uh, And we also have willing cooks. So, again, if someone's had a new baby or they're just out of hospital um, or they just need some help with meals, we'll get a team together who will cook meals and cover maybe one or two weeks. um, So that's one less thing for people to think about. So there's lots of different facets to pastoral as well as just the Sunday morning Mm. offering.
0: Brilliant. And how, if... You know, because often when somebody's in that place where they might need a meal cooked for them or whatever, how how can we reach out? You know, and, and ask for so generally, like that? we
1: we you know this is why we always recommend connect groups because mm. connect groups are your initial contact. They're your they're your people that you're journeying with. They are your support. They yeah. are those that love you and care. Um, so generally, we would say contact your connect group, uh, get them to do meals for you if they're not able to they can contact us at pastoral and we've got a wider team that can offer that as well
0: yeah brilliant and you touched on smt's do you want to tell us a little bit more about what that is what that looks like how we can get involved in those
2: yeah uh, smt is uh, stands for small ministry team so um often uh, obviously first place we point people i mean one of the things about being in the pastoral team is we are not the experts don't DON'T EXPECT US TO HAVE ALL THE ANSWERS AND WAVE A MAGIC WAND and, 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 YOU KNOW, YOU'RE BETTER, THAT'S JUST NOT HOW IT WORKS. OUR MAIN role IS BY BEING A SIGNPOST. Mm-hmm. SO I ALWAYS mm-hmm. SAY THAT, YOU KNOW, here's, HERE'S THE WAY TO JESUS AND WE WILL ALWAYS POINT PEOPLE TO JESUS good, yeah. FIRST BECAUSE HE HAS ALL THE ANSWERS. Mm-hmm. HE DOES INDEED. YOU HEARD SOME OF THAT LAST WEEK. AND, um, and SO WE ARE at A SIGNPOST. BUT SOMETIMES YOU STRUGGLE WITH A PROBLEM AND PERHAPS IT GOES ROUND AND ROUND AND you KEEP COMING BACK TO IT AND YOU FEEL A BIT BETTER AND THEN IT COMES BACK. And often we would we would offer someone who's struggling with, with something that's just not going away, to have an SMT. So three of our pastoral workers will sit with them and help them in what's with what's known as listening prayer. So they're not they're not hearing from God for them; they're helping them to hear from God for themselves. So uh, they'll meet on a regular basis, often, you know, each week or every other week, um, for a period of time until they've. Resolve the issue, or got a bit of different perspective on it. Yeah, and and can hear from God in it. Oh, brilliant! Really powerful.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. So you guys have explained really well what what kind of um, is an offer and what the pastoral team do. What um, I think sometimes it's also helpful for people to understand what the what pastoral is not. (laughs) Can you explain a little bit more about what that is? I know you touched on it a little bit.
2: Yeah, I have touched on it. We're not experts. Yeah, (laughs) Um, we're not trained counsellors. We do have some trained counsellors in our uh, key pastoral workers, um, but we are not here as a mental health team, for, for example. Um, we're, we're not here to do what social services can do, um, but we are here to help you find Jesus mm. and to find an answer in prayer. That's mm. our main role. Um, so. What we do give you is a different perspective perhaps that a mental health team out in the world might give you, and that is we will focus you on where the answer is, which is in God. Um, I think, uh, I love what mental health organisations do. They really help people. Counselling is great. I'm definitely an advocate of that. I've taken some myself. Um, but you often, in counselling, look at solving your own problem. There's this thing that it's, um, you know, self-help, I guess. And you're looking for well-being. It's a big sort of buzzword at the moment, but actually, I think we find our answers in Jesus. And um, I suppose as a pastoral team, that's what we're doing. Again, the signpost. We're pointing people towards God. And we t- I talked last week uh, a little about looking after your heart, your soul, and your mind. And that they were all focused on God. Probably mm. noticed that focused on He has the answer. And I guess um, if you are you know struggling with mental health and uh, or something that's just going around in your mind. I mean, there's a a quote, isn't there, that says the greatest battle we have is in our mind. Yeah. And it is. But if we focus our minds on Jesus, then that gives us a completely different perspective, Mm. and he will give us the answers. Amen.
0: Brilliant. So um, you've also mentioned key pastoral workers. Um, So how, if somebody is here or watching online, and they think, oh, I... would I've got a real heart, shepherd heart, or I'd like to help in that way as well. Um, how can people get involved?
1: Um, so, yes, I think it, it's very much about the heart. If, you're, if you've got that pastoral stirring, if you want to... Um, help people to know the love of Jesus more, to be, you know, he says he came to set the captives free, um, and I think that's a big part of it as well. So I would say if that's stirring in your heart, come and speak to Trevor, speak to me, email pastor at .uk, uk. We would love to hear from you and love to have a chat with you about that.
2: Yeah, if you think about when Jesus talked the story about the Good Samaritan, if you're the person that runs across the road to help, if that's what's in your heart, then, then you have a pastor's heart. Mm. Um, if you're the sort of, ooh, I'm not sure if I would, he's been beaten up, maybe I'll get beaten up, maybe that's not for you. But, um, but you know, we are all called, <laughs> we are all called to be something, aren't we? I mean, some, some are called to be preachers and teachers and, and, and prophets and whatever. Some people are called to be pastors. Ask God what your calling is. You know? Yeah. It might not be pastoral, but if it is, you know, come and have a chat. I'm always looking around for people who have a pastor's heart. And I might just go over and say, have you thought about getting involved in the ministry team? Sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say, (laughs) let me think about it. Don't think about it for too long.
0: Yeah, talk yourself out of it. (laughs) Um, Okay, lovely. Thank you so much. Um, Moving on, we kind of got, we've kind of covered, obviously, um, what pastoral team looks like here at church. But I know Trevor, you spoke last week um, on what it's like, um, how we can love ourselves, or how we can learn to love ourselves, um, which was great, by the way. Thank you for that. Um, if you didn't hear it, you can catch up with that on the um, on the website, on the podcast. Um, obviously, as part of our love series. So it'd be great if we could just kind of unpack that a little bit more now and have kind of a conversation about that. So my first question, in your, we'll just go straight in there with a really easy question. In your experience, what are the telltale signs that we're not loving ourselves well? Because sometimes we can think we're loving ourselves, can't we? And actually we're not. So what, what are some of those signs we could be aware of?
1: Yeah, I think it's important to sort of understand what loving yourself is. It's not saying, oh, I'm wonderful, I'm gorgeous, I'm perfect, (laughs) I'm brilliant, amazing. Thank you. Um, (laughs) It's actually about standing on the truths of who God says we are. Um, And, you know, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. His thoughts towards us outnumber the grains of sand on the sea. We are children of God. Um, And it's really important to stand on those truths. And I think when we're not loving ourselves it's harder to hear and believe those Mm. truths. Um, And uh, and I find myself, if I'm not standing on those truths, I'm more easily irritated, especially in the car if someone cuts me up or (laughs) doesn't indicate. Um, Or, you know, I'm just not as gracious with myself. Mm. I'm not as kind about myself or to myself. So I think it's just, it's recognising that early on uh, and saying, okay, hold on, I need to realign things here. I'm not loving myself as I should be. Um, and, and inevitably, out of that, the outpouring can be sort of that you're less patient with other people, you're mm. less kind to other people. So it's really important to catch that early, I
0: think, mm. just to be aware. Keep a check on ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Trevor, you've got.
2: Yeah, I to mean, add? That, what Mel's talking about there is the fruit of the spirit, isn't it? If, yeah. you're, if you're not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self control, if you haven't got those in your life, something's wrong. Um, certainly to some measure. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. Nobody is perfect, are they? But I think um, one word really for me, busy. Mm. I think if you're too busy, then you're not looking after yourself. I think time is a really important thing to get a grip on. Um, And, you know, what's the classic thing we say? I haven't got enough time for that. Mm. And when I went through the loving your, your heart, your soul, your mind last week, it was very clear to me that you need time to do all of these things. Um, But how do you make time? Well, you can't make it, can you? Um, But you have to manage it Mm -hmm. or prioritise it. And how do we do that? I mean, who do we look to 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 give us a... We could go to a guru and one of those seminars, you know, time management for 10 points or whatever. You can do all that and read a lot of books on it. But actually, the best person to look to is Jesus. I I believe that Jesus showed us and modelled how he did his time. He never ran around, did he? Mm. He was never in a hurry. Um, everything felt like, when you read the, even read the Gospels, it felt like it was paced. And one thing he did do is he went away at regular times of the day and talked to his father. Mm. And that's so important, get that bit right first. Giving time to listen to God, to listen to the Holy Spirit. And, you know, just that classic um, scripture about Lazarus. You know, they came to him and says Lazarus had died. We need to go and see. They were, they were really good friends of theirs, you know, family. He didn't go straight away, did he? Three
0: mm-hmm. days.
2: He went off and healed somebody else in between. Yeah. Three days. Everyone must have thought, what is he doing? He wasn't rushed. He wasn't pushed. We can learn a lot about that. Yeah. And how do we do that? Well, be um, like Jesus is the easiest way of putting it. But if we look at a scripture, um, uh, I wonder if you could put that up um, in Matthew There it is up there, lovely. And it says, um, if I've got the right one here. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm. What does it mean to be yoked to somebody? It means to be put together, like an oxen, isn't it? They're yoked together to plough the field. One oxen can't run off mm. without the other one going with it, and one can't pull back without the other one. If you yoke yourself to Jesus, you will yoke your pace to him That's as good. well, That's won't you? Good. So it's about yoking and and, um, and going with a timing that fits things in rather than trying to rush through everything. Mm. There are so many choices we have these days. I often say it... it in, it's like being in the modern world, it's like being on a treadmill and it's going at the world's pace and you're running away with it, aren't you? Mm. Which is great. If you, can, you can get yourself into fitness and you can run at that speed and maybe you have to ramp up to it. But when one of life's troubles comes along and hits you, you stop dead in your tracks. Yeah. But unfortunately, the treadmill doesn't. And then you slam dunk like that. Yeah. And then you end up somewhere across the park, don't you? Yeah. in a pile on the floor. And it can feel like that. And those troubles might be something of your own making or they might just be, you know, a bereavement in the family or, you know, a diagnosis of a child or something, you know, anything like that can just stop you in your tracks. But if you're running at a fast pace all Mm. the time, it's going to really hit Mm. you. But if you're walking with Jesus, then you're walking at his pace and he will help Mm. you through that. So, yoke yourself to him. There's a great book. I just want to plug this book. There's this great book called... The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, I can highly recommend it. (laughs) It's a very easy read as well. Um, And this talks about some of what I've been saying today, um, yoking yourself to Jesus and going at his pace.
0: Mm, Brilliant. Yeah, because life's so busy, isn't it? It's so busy, so much to think about. And I know for me, like, I found it a bit easier to rest before I had children to take that time and now. But there's something, you know, I have learned the importance of doing that since becoming a mum. I know that I love my children and my husband so much better if I take time to love myself and take time out and spend time with Jesus. But it's difficult, isn't it? It's really hard. And sometimes it's, I don't know, it might just be me, but I feel guilty sometimes for doing that. So what kind of practical things could we do in a busy life, in you know, a busy world and our lives are really busy? How can we practically make time to rest um, and not feel guilty about it?
2: Well, I think some of that's around boundaries, knowing where to say yes and where to say no. Yeah. I mean, one of, the, one of my uh, mantras of life is never promise anything. Uh, it sounds <laughs> difficult on the, on the front. of oh, What a selfish person. But actually, <laughs> if you look into scripture, it says, let, let your yes be yes yeah. and your no be no. And I've always lived by that um, because actually there are so many things that pull us from left to right, particularly our family, our children. The modern modern way of living is that we need to have something for the kids to do every day, Mm. you know, whatever it is, you know, a club here, you know, a sport there. And we fill our lives with getting our kids from one place to another. But your life is not about making sure your kids have got all the things they need to do. You need to pace that as well. Mm. You know, take take stock of what's important and what is needed. Because actually, time at home with your children, without an activity, is just as important as time with doing things with them. In fact, I'd say it was more important. So think about pacing what you do in your week. Mm-hmm. Um, don't feel guilty, don't promise. Um, it, you feel guilty when you make a promise and then you break it. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll do that, we'll do that on Saturday. Yeah. And then you can't do it. Well, you're gonna feel guilty, aren't you? Mm-hmm. But if you say, look, we will make some time to do that, but you'd have to leave that for daddy or Mummy to decide. But that's that's mm-hmm. what I would say to my children. We we, certainly, when we brought our children up, they didn't get everything they wanted, but I'd like to say they got everything they needed. Mm. And what do they need? First and foremost, they need your love. Mm. And things that you do together that show that you love them are more important than things that train them in something or other or whatever special. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with all those things, but pace yourself, don't pick everything and try and fill your life full of stuff and things and activities because you need to have that
0: time yeah. to spend with God. That's
1: good. Yeah, I think I think that's right. You, you absolutely need to make time. And it's, it's as, as Mark was saying earlier, it's not about hours. You know, you can do it in minutes. You can do it while you're making the breakfast. You can spend time with God. Um, and I don't think it's selfish. I think it's imperative. Mm. Um, you know, a great friend of mine, I don't know if she's here this morning, Sonia, um, amazingly wise woman of God, uh, we had this conversation about, you know, it's a bit selfish taking this time out to go and spend a weekend at a retreat or something. And, and, and she was saying to me, actually, you know, it's not. It's, it's really important. Think about when you're on a plane and the stewards are doing their spiel about safety, you know, exits here and here. Um, and in the unlikely event that the air pressure goes and these things fall down, you're supposed to calmly put your one on first before you help. Other people, because if you're not breathing in that oxygen, you're going to pass out Mm. and you're going to be no good to anybody. Um, And I think that's right. I think you know, if we're not spending that time with God, if we're not receiving His love for us, then we're not going to be able to pour out of that healthy Mm. overflow. Uh, So I think it's imperative that we do make time. But as Trevor said, don't promise I'm going to spend an hour with you this morning, Lord, and and you just can't can't do it. it. Just do it in little pieces because. He's God of time, he's infinite, you know. Um,
0: just do what you can when you can. Brilliant, thank you. So talking a bit more about what it looks like to love, you know, love is a verb, isn't it? Um, a doing word. So how do we start? I mean, when we look around, there must be so many things that we think, oh, there's almost so many places to love, isn't there, and that needs love, like, it can be a bit overwhelming. So how can we just start that journey
2: of loving others?
1: <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, <a> <laughs> well, it's, it's a case of, you know, um, when God puts something on your heart, maybe you hear something in something that's said or in a connect group or, or you've read something in the Bible or just something that happens in your daily week and you know that God, the Holy Spirit has just gone, oh, I could do something about that. It's about doing something about that. <laughs> because we, we go, yeah, sometime I'll, I'll, I'll do that, I'll get round to that. Yeah, oh yes, I've really got a heart for that. Oh yes, I must do something about that. And then you know, two years down the line, you get reminded of it again and you haven't done anything about mm. it. It's, um, it's, it's a sense of just giving it a go. And I think the problem is we tend to live in this world where we think, and I think it's in our culture, that we have to have everything in place before we can do anything that we have to, oh, if I had this and this and this, and if I got this sorted, and if I got my prayer life right, and then I read my Bible every day, and then I looked after my children, and I got my work. If work wasn't so busy, then I would perhaps be able to do that. And um, But actually, living a selfless life can come from the very humblest of places. Um, for example, um, let's think about when Elijah um, was told to go and get some food from that widow. Do you remember the story? Um, IN KINGS, HE WENT TO SEE THIS WIDOW BECAUSE THERE WAS A a FAMINE AND A DROUGHT IN THE LAND AND uh, GOD SAID YOU'VE BEEN FED BY THE RAVENS BUT NOW THE WATER'S DRIED OUT OF THE BROOK, GO AND SEE THE WIDOW. SO HE GOES TO SEE THIS WIDOW AND YOU THINK THIS WIDOW'S THERE WITH A BIG HOUSE AND AN EXTRA ROOM AND ALL THE FOOD THAT HE NEEDS. NO. HE SAYS TO THE WIDOW, CAN YOU FEED ME? AND SHE SAYS, OH, NO, HOW CAN I FEED YOU? ALL I HAVE IS A LITTLE BIT OF BREAD AND A LITTLE BIT OF OIL which I'm going to bake a cake for my son and myself, and then we're going to die, because it was that bad. Mm. But because your Lord has told you to come here, I will do as you say. And she bakes the bread, and she bakes it every day, and the, bread, and the flour doesn't run out, and yeah. the oil doesn't run out, wow. and they get fed until the water comes back into the land. There is a miracle in itself, mm. but there is a woman who was selfless, not from what she had, because she had nothing, mm. literally nothing. But she gave from that. So you can give from where you are right now. That's good, right. yeah. No matter how, I mean, we talked about health, wealth, and happiness last week. You may not have health, you may not have wealth, you may not be happy, but you can still give. Yeah. She gave. So mm. that's what I think it's about. It's about yeah. hearing from God. He's put something on your heart and he will. There's that, um, that scripture in, in 1 Peter, I think you can put that up on the on the... I think it says, each of you has received a gift to use to serve other, others. Be good servants of God's various gifts of grace. We all have a gift. He's dropped something in our heart. He's given us a gift. It's a case of just being, saying, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Mm. And just finally, I'm talking too long now, but, uh, you know, when you see people up here on stage and they, you know, preach or sing or, or, or do, and people that work in, in different areas around the church, you think, oh, I don't know if I could do that. The reason they're doing it is because they said yes. It wasn't because we went, oh, anybody said to them, oh, you're the best person at this job. You know, you're really talented at this. We all have a gift. And the people that are doing stuff are just people who said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Mm. That's the same for you. Just say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And then he will put something Mm. in your heart if he hasn't already. And then you can go with that. Mm. Yeah,
1: I think it's also it can be sort of like small acts of kindness mm. as well can't it just that chance to show Jesus's love to somebody else so just thinking of my wonderful husband um this week actually um uh, there was a an elderly lady who lives across the road and he got home from work um and noticed actually that her door was open and the car door was a bit off so he walked over and went and she said actually I couldn't bring my shop in and it was a bit too heavy for me so he did it for her and I just think you know the heart behind that is the love of Jesus and out of that overflow and I think we can all be on the lookout for those little opportunities to bless people with the love of Jesus definitely amazing
0: (laughs) brilliant um Trevor sorry I'm just aware of time we've got a few minutes though um last week um Again, you sort of, you touched on kind of not letting rubbish into our minds and you talked about loving, you know, uh, our minds. Um, What does it mean? What does that actually look like to not let rubbish into our minds? How can we put practical things in place to prevent that?
2: Boundaries and uh, boundaries (laughs) and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, It's about being wise, as I said before, uh, uh, choices. I mean, one of the the things I mentioned was pornography. Pornography is... um, is, IS RIFE IN OUR, in our CULTURE, AND, um, and we, WE'D LIKE TO THINK AS CHRISTIANS WE'RE NOT AFFECTED BY IT, BUT THAT'S JUST SO NOT TRUE. Um, I'M INVOLVED WITH a, a CHARITY, IN FACT, RUTH, uh, ONE OF OUR TRUSTEES, HAS A PART OF HER CHARITY THAT LOOKS AFTER MEN WHO BISEX FOR A LIVING, uh, NOT FOR A LIVING, SORRY, BISEX um, for, uh, FOR THEMSELVES. AND um, the, uh, THE STATISTICS FOR PEOPLE IN THE CHURCH THAT DO THAT, SHOCKING. Mm. Um, so to think that we're not affected by it is wrong. So boundaries in that place. What I did for myself in that, in that was I put, I made sure that my broadband had that little thing switched off. You cannot see explicit detail. You can do the same on your mobile phone. You can do the same for your children. Definitely put that in place. Yeah. But we can also put barriers in, in, in other areas of our life and say, I'm not going to do that, like watching the TV. You know, I always check out before I watch anything on Netflix or whatever. What does it say about that? How much, you know, they give you, they give you the guidelines, this has sexual content, lots of swearing, whatever. It's all there. You just have to make the decision, okay, I'm not gonna watch that one. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, it's about 90% of it on there now, isn't it, that, uh, that is like that now. But it's just about being wise about the choices that you make, mm. because it is a choice. You think, oh no, it's just, you know, I, I can't help myself. You can, actually. God gave you a mind to make a choice. So making good choices mm. stops the rubbish coming in, choosing where you go, who you, who you spend your time with, mm. um, and um, who you listen to, mm. um, because you can listen to people that can give you rubbish. I mean, there's lots of stuff on the internet. If you want, if you want some conspiracy theories, there's plenty of them out there, you know, uh, certainly right now. Um, so just be wise, mm. at what you read, what you watch, who you spend time with, and, where, and what, how you entertain yourself.
1: Mm. That's good. Yeah, it's also helpful to have some accountability partners as well. I think, Um, you know, just some people that you know and trust that can just check in with you every now and then, how are you doing with that, How you know, do you need any prayer, do you need some support, do you need us to help you with your boundaries? Mm. Um, That's really helpful as well.
0: That's really good, actually. Um, But I suppose one of those things that that involves having that in place is also us being vulnerable and open and honest and you know we talked um I don't know if it was last week or before about not having that mask on and saying you know everything's okay but actually being real and that can be difficult can't it um but what would you say to people who struggle with that you know who struggle to actually say do you know what I need some help in this area or to be honest if someone says how are you doing in that with this or whatever um the quick answer is to say yeah it's fine isn't it but actually how can we be ..learn to be more real with each other? Yeah, I think... Um, ..I think it's
1: it's getting rid of the myth that asking for help is a weakness. Mm. I think it takes great courage and great strength to say, actually, I'm really struggling in this area. Um, so... Uh, as, as many of you know, I'm just going to t- share a personal story. Many of you know I was incredibly blessed this year to marry the man of my dreams and the man of my prayers. <laughs> um, after 20 years, and Mark and Steph have journeyed those 20 years with me, so bless you guys. He's going for, red now. For that, <laughs> buckle up. I'm not done yet. <laughs> so I, I, I would say, you know, my husband is. 1 Corinthians 13, four personified. He is patient, he is kind, he doesn't boast, he he is passionate, fiercely passionate about the truth. You know, he holds no account of wrongs. He's gentle, he's just, he is, as I say, the man of my prayers. Um, And I have been so blessed to be put in this God-ordained covenant relationship where I now feel safe, I feel loved, I feel secure but God is actually taking me on a healing journey at the moment where past hurts and struggles are coming up Mm -hmm. Um, so insecurities are rising um, and I'm I'm walking through that but I'm actually really struggling to hear God in it in those areas that are quite painful. Um, So I've actually applied for an SMT because as Trevor says, actually, you know, sometimes we just need that little bit of extra help when yeah. we can't hear God. We need others to help us to hear him as yeah. well. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you this to say, you know, we all need to yeah. get help sometimes. There's no shame in it. There's, mm. you know, it does take courage. Mm. It is difficult. Yeah. It's hard to admit it because mm-hmm. you'd much rather say, oh, I'm good. I've got it all sorted. Um, but actually, sometimes we don't. Sometimes mm. we do just need that little need bit that of help. Um, and that's it's okay. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So oh, I would I would encourage you actually if you are struggling, do reach out to somebody. Don't do it alone. You know, God has put you in this place for a reason. You're part mm. of this church for a reason. Um and there are plenty of people here that would love to pray with you mm. um and love to help
0: you through. Oh, amazing. Thank you, Mel, for sharing that. Um so openly. Can I just mentioned something. Well yeah, go that, for it.
2: On that front, I think one of the things we struggle with is shame. Mm. Um WE, YOU KNOW, AS CHRISTIANS, WE THINK WE HAVE TO BE SINLESS. WE'RE NOT ALL HAVE FALLEN SHORT OF THE GLORY OF GOD AND FALLEN SOMEWHERE. AND THE ANSWER TO SHAME IS CONFESSION. IT REALLY IS. Mm. Um, AND uh, IF YOU CAN FIND A PARTNER, A PRAYER PARTNER OR SOMEBODY THAT YOU REALLY TRUST, uh, IF YOU CAN'T FIND SOMEONE, COME AND ASK US IF WE CAN FIND SOMEONE FOR YOU THAT YOU CAN PRAY WITH AND YOU CAN CONFESS AND SAY, LOOK, I'M STRUGGLING WITH THIS. Um, then that is amazing how much release there is in that. Because Jesus doesn't want us to be shameful. He died on the cross for our shame. He took that away. He wants us to be open with one another and be able to share Mm. and say, look, I'm struggling with this, and not to be judged by the other Mm. person. And that is something that is just beautiful. So if you're struggling with shame, then come and ask or find somebody close. You can ask your (laughs) Group leaders. Or um, if you're a man, find another man. If you're a and find a woman. I, I would suggest that mm. uh, you know you don't need to walk around with that shame. You really don't. I've been there. I know, and the the power of confession is amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. it is amazing. Guys, thank you so so much. Honestly, so that me. So much truth there spoken. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, yeah, brilliant. And just to say as well, just thank you for all the work that you do. Yeah. You know, head, like leading the pastoral side of things and for the wonderful team that we have here. Honestly, it's just, you're just changing lives with what you're doing. Um, so thank you, guys, for all that you are. Um, before you go, <laughs> um, if we could have the band back up, please, that would be great. Um, would you guys mind just praying for us as a church um, before we go into our, into our last song this morning, if that's OK? So if you guys could stand. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to hand over to you guys just a prayer blessing on the church. That'd be great.
1: Thank you, Lord. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for just hearing week on week on week of your great love for us. I just pray this morning that each and every person would not leave this place without knowing the depth, the height, the width, the length of your great love. Lord, would you pierce every heart, pierce every mind, pierce every soul with your goodness, with your love, with your mercy, with your grace, with your peace. Come fall afresh on us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.
2: Lord we're just uh, just so grateful to be part of this wonderful family here at Vineyard in St. Albans I just thank you Lord that we are a family Mm. and families look after one another Mm. they look after themselves and they look after one another Mm. and I just uh, ask Lord your Holy Spirit will just touch each person's heart here this morning and perhaps just give them a bit of a nudge where you're talking to them, Lord. Where you're talking about their gifting, about their calling, but also about just doing something about that thing you've been talking to them about for many years, perhaps. So Lord, just let your Holy Spirit just rest as we move into worship. Just touch their minds as well, Lord. Remind them of what you've been saying to them, Lord. And Lord, if there's anybody here who doesn't know Jesus, I just ask, Lord, that you'll reveal yourself to them right now. And if that's you and you want to get prayer this morning, please come up to uh, over on the right here, your left. So just touch us now as we move into worship. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank 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 you.